Hey guys, you're about to listen to episode 19 of Inside Kevin C. This week we have my friend Lindsay Thimson, and um, over at his house we ended up chatting about the coronavirus, uh, the political race, and a couple other miscellaneous things. Uh, the whole time we were kind of being ambushed by uh, his dogs who really like to be loved on, so I hope that's not too distracting for you. I quite enjoyed it myself, actually, but uh, yeah, I'm not sure how obvious that comes off in the in the podcast, so just so you know. <laughs> Anyways, I hope you enjoy the episode, and I will see you next time. Okay, those are, those oh, I didn't are, close those it. Those are the big boys. Nah. We go up to 50, and then that's what I do if I have, like, no time at all. I, uh, my friend has one of these, too, and I go oh, yeah. up to 52.5, and yeah, he's I can't. He's 52.5 pounds stronger than me. Yeah, I can't curl it. I not a lot of not a lot of people can do that, so I think it's fair. 50, 50 pounds for like the average person is more than enough. Like there's not many situations in life where you're gonna like go ham. How do I pull it out? Just how you have to go straight up. And then it'll come straight out. It's kind of like the uh King Arthur and the sword. <laughs> I'm not the o- only, yeah, only the worthy may pull it out. What's gave me the funny thing is if I come over there and just like immediately do it. it. You have to will it. Uh There you go, dude. Yeah, and then you just get swole. It's funny because this room doubles as my dad's tax room. So it's my weight room and his room for like doing taxes and stuff. Does he do... Taxes all year long? No, this this is definitely tax season. So it's yeah, like, that's true. Uh, I would say January to like middle of March is usually where people just come in. That's cool. That's oh, so I mean. oh, he does taxes like three months a year for work. I wish. So he goes overtime for three months and then oh, does regular work the rest of the year. Okay. Yeah. So like, yeah, he puts in the hours, but he seems to enjoy it. What He's does been he doing do normally? Does he do taxes normally? Yeah, he works at the tax commission. Oh, okay, cool. So he he's like almost the guy to go to for taxes instead of like H&R Block, every tax people like that. Interesting. It seems to work for him. He likes to do it, so. Yeah. I, I, I think billing codes and everything like that are like extremely boring. Yeah. So it's all right. Well, it's boring until you see how it can make you a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I can sacrifice a little bit of my willpower for this yeah well just like from getting into real estate myself it's like there's lots of different tax advantages you mm-hmm. can pay for yourself oh yeah what's i think knowing tax code is worth it but like reviewing it every day and updating tax code yeah is where it i gets, couldn't live my life oh my like goodness <laughs> well it's definitely like you want to leave your your work life at work like you don't want to like talk about yeah. that like parties not taxes. Not the IRS <laughs> updates. Has anybody yeah. taken a look at those recently? <laughs> Stuff like that. I'm with you there, yeah. But uh, it's good. He seems to like it. I actually I actually like my new job a lot right now because I'm working um, yeah. as a CBRS. So it's like a community-based uh, rehabilitation specialist. It's a long title. Um, but it's basically just working in the school districts. Um, yeah. Like with like special education, modified education, which is a little bit different. So, like, kids that, like, get angry really easily or have, like, social problems, they have modified education, so that's who I spend my time with. It's basically, like, Isaac, you know? <laughs> uh, yikes. <laughs> no. Isaac, uh, Shout out to Newt. Yeah. <laughs> Isaac uh, is pretty normal, I think. No, yeah. It's just slightly no, yeah, smart for his own You people. absolutely get a baseline for normal, too, by spending time with kids that are on, like, any sort of, like, disability spectrum. Mm-hmm. Because there's certain, like, overlapping behavior patterns, like, that everybody does, like, even them. And then there's certain patterns where it's just, like, they'll get, like, angry really, really quick or get uh, frustrated or, like, sad really quick for, like, obviously a reason, but not a reason that, like, can, we can pick out as easily. Yeah. It's so subtle or it's so, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that's almost a normal thing, too, where... Some people can just get offended over something that's like, mm-hmm. doesn't seem like a big deal to most other people. But... Yeah. And we had an incident in class like a week or two ago where this kid was dribbling a basketball and one of the teachers, cause that room has multiple teachers. 
So there's like five teachers to like 12 kids. <laughs> Just because like Same. they're yeah. so intensive, they need one-on-one care. And it's really tricky because like, let's say I spend one day with one kid. He expects me to be with him every single day, even though I obviously can't do that. No. Like I need to attend to everybody in the classroom. So yeah, the, the tensions are always high and like people like accidentally get their feelings here because they attach to you really quickly. Especially in that makes the, sense. Because yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to just trash parents because I feel like that's what educators do anyways. It's like, well, if you if you raised your kids right, like yeah. they wouldn't have this these problems. But like, it there is a noticeable thing where like, their parents either don't pay as much attention to them as they need to, or it's like, oh, well, that's what school's for, right? Is the socialization. It's like, okay. You do all the work. Yeah, pretty much. And I was like, well, I don't get to like. Not that we should, but, like, we can't obviously punish the kids at all. So there's a lot of, like, parenting that yeah. we can't do. So we can only do the positive aspects of parenting. That's, and so it just really... That's re- it, yeah. one half of the coin. Yeah, exactly. And it, it leads to a lot of adverse outcomes, too. Because then it's like, oh, why can't I get another reward? Why can't I get another reward? Yeah. Because they never get punished. They only get rewards for doing something good. They never get punished for doing anything bad. Mm. So... It's just, it's not quite the spectrum of reality for them. No. And it's tricky because when they leave that atmosphere, then what? Then they're not prepared at all, so. Then they're screwed. Yeah. Dang, so you've already learned a lot about them. You, you have to. You have to. this so long, right? I've been doing it for like a month and a half. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah not that long at all. How many different kids do you see again? Oof. So it was, it started out as one was supposed to be the, the immediate one that I saw all the time, five days a week. Uh, so I'd attend classes with him. If he could attend classes, if he didn't, we'd go to a TLC room is what it's called. Tender love and care. Nice. Um, and so we need either, TLC room. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> and so that's for them to deescalate all their problems and whatnot. And it started out as one kid and then it quickly escalated to three different schools and like four kids at each school. So I, I oversee, Holy like, cow. I oversee like 12 kids directly and then like 30 indirectly. Dang. Yeah. How are you supposed to give them what they need if you have that many? I, I feel like th- there is a stability factor. It's just, that's how many I've been exposed to. So like for the most part, I've been able to dial in to like three or four of them yeah. almost every weekday. But the issue was, and it all stemmed off of this one kid, and he's a great kid and everything, but he stopped showing up to classes, like, for whatever reason, like, he catches a bus in the morning, and then if he doesn't want to go, then he just doesn't go to school, like, at all. Like, and he, he has How old that, is this kid? He's 17. Oh, okay. But he's in 8th grade or ninth grade, functionally, so it's tricky. Like, yeah. he is technically almost at the age of autonomy, but mentally, not, not so much. But he still makes those choices of whether or not he wants to go to school or not. So I haven't even seen him in like a week and a half. Dang. And he's the kid that like I'm supposed to be like attached to the hip. But I can only obviously meet him at school. So that's that's kind of the You don't contact him outside of? No, you're not allowed to. Dang. Yeah. So it's out of your hands really. Yeah. And, And that's the tricky part is because there's two sides of the coin for CBRS. It's like... In school, which is what I do, and then there's Mm -hmm. out of school called respite, where you're literally, like, the parents have been taxed so much by, like, paying attention to this kid that, like, they need somebody to come into the home, take the kid out, and into the community for socialization, which is pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) So lonely. Oh, my gosh. Um, Hold on, give me two seconds. But they come in here and just relax, you think? They're going to freak out. I think they'll lay down eventually. Oh, sure. Right. It's just if if they step on your phone, which I hope they don't. I think you should be good, though. We'll manage. How old good. are they? So Cooper is six years old, and Tonka just had his first birthday. Oh, like, <laughs> really? Ago, yeah. He's a he's a Valentine's Day baby. Oh, really? Yeah. Which is obvious because he's so envious of any other person getting love or attention. No kidding. No, but for the most part, they're super good. They're just kind of dopes. Like anything. I feel like bigger dogs are usually dumber for some reason. As they're like in gridlock with a ball. Yeah. 
And then, now they're gonna go out. Come on, buddy. Did you get what you needed? Yeah. Whatever you do, don't feign like you act or care about that ball at all. Because as soon as you show any sort of attention to that ball, it oh, will come back to you tenfold. Yeah. yeah. So just leave the ball alone, and everything should be fine. <laughs> oh. Does Cooper want to say something? They're great dogs, too. And it's funny because the older one is full German short hair, and the younger one is half German short hair and half pit bull. So it's almost like... I can see the pit. Yeah. yeah so Cooper's like his uncle. Because <laughs> he's just a little bit older and wiser, and Tonka's just like a hellion. Yeah. His little Tonka truck. And so you have Wallace for... It's He's Rachel's dog? Yeah. Okay. And so since Rachel lives here, like Wallace also lives here, but... Yeah. Rachel is home most of the time, honestly, but yeah, when she's, when she's not, I take care of him. Yeah. And he's like the most low maintenance dog in the <laughs> He sleeps for 20 hours a day. Yeah. And like, that's like what he wants to do too. It's like not out of like, oh, I'm sad. Like, I'm just going to oh, go ahead in the corner. It's just like, dude, like, why did you ever wake me up? Like, I never wanted this. He's like a cat. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But these two dogs are super high energy, so they mix and mesh kind of funny at first. Yeah. But they get along now. That's good. Mm-hmm. Look at that, dude. Anyways, what were we talking about before Cooper was uh, going off? Well, you have no control over whether or not you <laughs> these kids show up. Yeah, and it basically just comes back to uh, the laws of, like, parents' rights over child's rights. Yeah. So there's actually a super interesting documentary about that on Netflix where it's the trials of Gabriel Fernandez. I'm not sure if uh, you've seen that. Oh, yeah, he, uh, he conquered Indonesia or something, right? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just I, I, yeah, I hope, I hope nobody goes back. Like, you're, like, you're running for president like 30 years from now, and he's like, yeah, he thought Gabriel Fernandez was... No, it was like a really prolific case in the Los Angeles uh, C... I'm trying to remember. Uh, Department of Children and Family Services, so DCFS, I believe Dang. is what it's called. But yeah, that kid slipped through the cracks, quote unquote. And I don't want to make it too gruesome for the podcast, but okay. he he had some stuff. He was abused like pretty heavily. Really, by the parents. By the parents, yeah. And nobody really like there was red flags all over the place, but nobody could like really stop it before he eventually passed away. Dang, and this he kid died was, like, from he, it. Yeah, wow. he, he's eight years old. Wow. And so horrible. that really like showed the exact same thing of parents' rights over child's rights, like. Because the what DCFS was trying to say is that their last thing that they ever want to do is remove a child from a parent, which can make sense in some situations where it can be yeah. a traumatic experience. But in the case like where your caretakers and the people that you ideally as a child go to for intimacy, like are the ones that are hurting you physically or mentally, however so. Um, it's messed up. Yeah, he, he was like pretty much bound to them too. Because, like, the mom didn't want him at all until, like, he was, like, six years old. So she took him back, and then she, like, almost immediately started abusing him. So stuff like that is super rough. And then, obviously, in my field of work, I don't have to deal with anything nearly that yeah, catastrophic. Yeah. But there are there always are, like, um, like very small telltale signs of, like, if not an abuse, uh, like, it's more often, like, neglect, I would say. Where it's like, oh, like, my parents just don't want to pay attention to me because, like... They think I'm stupid, or they think that I take more time than, like, my other siblings, which is true in the fact that they require more attention, mm -hmm. but not that their attention is less worth another sibling's right. time. And so you have to, like, really kind of, like, dig down deep with some of these kids, because they're only, like, 10 or 11, um, the ones in the middle school. Yeah. Obviously, the ones in high school are, are better and worse in certain ways, because you can't really sift through the damage as much with them. Like, you can really only, like, talk about it with them. Because they're at the point now where it's, like, it's so it's so far removed, like, that's just part of them. Mm -hmm. Whereas with the kids, you can be like, oh, no, like, you have self-worth. You have all these different things that um, you can be proud of. And, like, you can kind of, like, erase some of the wounds, if that makes sense. But that's not so much the case with high schoolers. With high, really? Yeah, with high schoolers, it's like, oh, no, like, this is a part of my, like, identity now, like. And then they'll either roll with it and, like, wear it as, like, a badge or they'll, like, they'll carry it around like a scar. So it really is, like, a 50-50. Oh, interesting. So as far as, yeah, it becomes part of their identity. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? Like, as far as, 
being able to change your identity or shift it? I think it's I think it's definitely more um, of like a plasticity model where it's a lot more moldable when you're young. Yeah. And I don't ever think that it will ever get to the point where you're like uh, metaphorically like concreted into all of your actions or beliefs. Right. But it definitely does get hard to reverse some biases. Like I can never see myself um, flipping the script like either politically or like what I stand for on like civil rights or anything like ethically yeah. like that. Just because it's like, oh, well, if you've built so much time into what you believe in, it doesn't almost make sense to completely flip it unless there's like this one extreme event, right? Where like yeah, something completely crazy has to happen. Yeah, completely portrayed to be like untrue. And then even then, like I've noticed, like I don't even want to talk about about the boomers, but I, I've noticed <laughs> that like boomers have this thing where they hold on to um, myth, mistruth, even like after it's been like proven false, like again and mm -hmm. again and again, at least hold on to it. And you think that's a function of being older? I, I think it's just a function of keeping your sanity too at, at some point, because if if you hold on to these truths so evidently throughout your life and then they're false then it can kind of be really jarring to your personality. Yeah. Because it's like, up. well, like, what is my life? Is my life also false? Because you've just been living Everything so Everything you've ever known. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I actually kind of hope something happens um, in a large degree like that, just so I can see, like, it's the reactions happened. of other oh, people. Oh, you mean, like, our beliefs get challenged in yeah, like yeah. an extreme way? Yeah, even, even to, like, a, re a religious effect, I think that would be cool, where there'd be either some, like, happening that could be... Um, portrayed as religious or religious based and everybody's like points to a miracle like, oh yeah like that's god or like oh yeah. this is clearly not god and just have the the whole new cycle of debate around it yeah i think that would be interesting but things do still feel a little stale in that sense mm -hmm. yeah because it shifted to like things that happen rather than things that change us like we always just talk about new things that pop up every day it's like a new cycle rather than an identity cycle is what I've yeah. noticed. Like the, the, obviously the new cycle now is like it tilts between the presidential nomination or coronavirus. All that's going on now. Yeah. Uh, and so like all these things got banned today because of coronavirus and every, everybody's just spouting off about it. And it's like, I always have to like take this deep breath whenever I go on social media and realize like less than like 1% of people are, are like qualified to speak on the topic. But 100% of people do it anyways. Yeah. So it's really hard to, like, sift through everything. And even more so with politics, I would feel, than, like, the medical field and people talking about viruses and their nature and everything. Because everybody thinks that they have the best political policy. Yeah. And it's just like, oh. They definitely do. Oh, no. Because <laughs> ultimately, it just never, it never goes into dialogue, I've noticed. Like, because America is getting so polarized... It's just immediately turning into like almost like a warfare of words more so than like, oh, like, let's get to a common ground and um, get to some sort of uh, a negotiation. It's never that. It's just like, oh, I refuse to talk to this person because yeah, you're blocked he, on Twitter. Yeah, exactly. I, I like I if you like Trump, you're blocked. If you like a communist like Bernie Sanders, you're blocked. I'm yeah. just like. All right, fellas, like, well, I like both of you as people. Like, why can't you, like, talk to each other at all? And it's just really about, like, one, like, spectrum of life, too. It's, like, it re always relates back to politics, it seems like. Yeah, I've been getting less and less into politics just because I feel like it doesn't improve my life mm -hmm. at all. And doing all that research probably isn't going to change much of my actual action. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, because realistically, as a citizen, you get very few days out of the year to affect, like, national or even statewide politics. It's always, and your that, only power is countywide. That count effect away. is extremely marginal, Oh, yeah, too. It's, it's one vote out of, yeah. let's look up the population of the United States. <laughs> it's like, what, 320 million? Yeah, it's massive. Population of, well, I guess this is before the coronavirus for everybody. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, it's 330 million people. Okay. So, yeah. And then you get one vote out We're of that going. to for either the president, yeah. the Democratic representative. Ugh. Looks like Biden's going to win the Democratic <laughs> primary, huh? That, that is what the people say. But it's it's always tricky with um, 
those types of situations because I, I believe that the race is uh, less than half of the way over. Like, less than half of the states have voted. Close it? Yeah. Um, yeah, so less than half of the votes. There's still a bunch of delicate... Delicate... Delicates. <laughs> delicate. <laughs> the, the delicates need to be sorted through. Yeah. That but, haven't... No, absolutely. Voted, Democratic... Yeah. Let me look at this. And they're pretty close, like, Biden and Bernie. They're only like a hundred mm-hmm. apart. It's definitely still within reach. Yeah, so they're going for a thousand nine hundred delegates, and Biden's up by one hundred and fifty. Yeah. So he's definitely in a commanding lead, but since I, the the tricky thing is, is I believe they have their first one on one debate on Sunday. Oh really? Oh, and, that's fun. And the the one kind of slight against Biden that I've been hearing quite often is that he has like dementia. Yeah. Or dementia related. Well. There's a lot of old white men that are, like, <laughs> seem to either touch, like, young women or women, and like, inappropriately, somewhat commonly. Yeah. Like, that just seems to be, like, their stereotypical response to dealing with women sometimes. Like, either, like, putting, like, both both hands on the shoulders or, like, sniffing their hair. Getting in too close. Yeah, really. just, just this lack issue. of personal space. And I'm just like, yeah. Oh. Like, it makes my skin crawl. And I'm like, I'm just like, oh, I, mean, I wouldn't want to be that close to Biden's ugly exactly, face. Exactly, exactly. But, yeah, so, like, it, it seems interesting to me because the person that's picking apart, like, his mental acuity is, like, another 77-year-old man. And it, it's just really funny to me because, like, even though Sanders isn't showing as many signs of dementia, it's like, it's <laughs> like okay, well, there's going to be, well, let's say, let's say he gets elected, right? And then four years down the road. Well, how old is this dude going to live until? Because I think the median age is like 87 for the world. So he's getting... high. Well, 80... Let's, let's check it. Let's check it. Let's check it. Life, ex- life, yeah, life expectancy. But yeah, so even then he's past it. Which would... Yeah, yeah the life expectancy is 78.69 years in the United States. For the States. world. Oh, in the U.S. Wow. Well, that's, yeah, that's ours, high. Yeah. Well, is ours high? Because... Canada? Let's um, see here. Apparently I don't know how to close that door. He just got a really uh, gumption in it. Yeah. I guess it's okay. Hey. hey, you. Everybody just got kissed by Tonka. Yeah. That's lovely. <laughs> and my crotch is getting kissed by Tonka. God, you said that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not. I did not consent. Not PC. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't ask for my consent. Exactly. No, but yeah, the, the highest one it seems to be is like Canada and Japan, and they're like mid-80s. Yeah, so, well, we have too yeah. much heart disease and stuff like that. Oh yeah, absolutely. going on. But even so, like, so let's say the two candidates that are speaking about mental health, one against the other, are both above the threshold for the their life expectancy. So I feel like that's yeah. like highly ironic. It's like maybe if uh, Buttigieg made it through, or like another young candidate. Yeah, someone y- Yang. I would have voted for Yang. I feel like a lot of people are like gearing up to vote for Yang in another four years or another eight years, mm-hmm. or like uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, oh, those no, those types. Sure, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, and that's like that's the response to it. It's like <laughs> e- people either love her or hate her, yeah. and like there's very little of the in in between. It does. I do like the idea of having someone younger in there. Yeah. Because because the the age limit's thirty five, but yeah, I've hardly ever seen a candidate with impact above, like or or below, I should say, the age of like sixty. Well, who's the young? Um, Kennedy is probably the youngest president ever. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, and Kennedy looked like a ragged old man. No, what? He, no, he aged very rapidly. Well, no, like from the start of his presidency, he to died. The... Well, is Wait. that is that a newsflash? Did you just spoil? <laughs> <laughs> I would, I, you didn't have that much time to get old. I, it's, it seemed to be um, at the start of his presidency compared to the end of his presidency. Let's see. Yeah, they, they definitely age, but... Well, it's, it's just a, it's such a stressful job. Yeah. Let's see here if I can... Let's see. So at the start, yeah, very, very suave. And then at the end... I swear if it shows me a like a picture of his head being blown off, that would be pretty upset. There's a picture of Trump. Oh, he's super young Trump too. That's crazy. Yeah, he seemed to age quite a bit, but 
Not nearly as bad as most people made it out. There, yeah. That's kind of... Yeah, weird. he's got some brown eyes. It definitely just seems like it's, like, lack of sleep and stress. Yeah. But just imagine that, like, at the start, like, a young, healthy yet. man. But, like, Obama was another, like, polarizing figure because I think he was completely gray in the hair, um, like, in the matter Afterwards, of, like, four or yeah. eight years. Yeah. yeah, you're right. And just had the, the wrinkles, the stress, the, the bags under the eyes, all of that. So the weight of a nation... Oh yeah, and I, and there's stuff that the presidents here that nobody else can really even know yeah. about. All the classified, classified information, yeah. And it's like it's funny because no matter who you pin as like the greatest president ever, like I guarantee, like they all have their baggages yeah. that only a select few even they all know did about. Some messed up they stuff. all did some messed up stuff. Yeah, there's a Miss Kennedy alien out there. She's got impregnated by him. What do you mean? Oh, yeah, gosh. <laughs> That's what the secret is. Sorry, sorry, yeah. Was it really Marilyn Monroe? Because, <laughs> yeah, because he was very scandalous, too. Yeah. I feel like everybody in the 50s kind of was. I don't know about that. Hey. Sorry, the, the Hollywood stars and the uh, debonair society of the 50s. Clinton was... Oh, yeah, Clinton still was... Still rocking that lifestyle. Yeah. And he's kind of like in the same ballpark as Joe Biden, too. What do you mean? Or they just touch on women like way oh, too much yeah. and are like extremely, uh, ooh. Well, they, he actually has like, nobody accuses Joe Biden of like rape or anything Sexual like assault, that, right? yeah, yeah. But they did with Clinton, right? They or did no? with, they did, they have with, um, in regards to Epstein, I, I believe it was Clinton. Oh, Epstein, yeah. Um, Clinton flew on Epstein's plane and so has Donald Trump. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, neither are surprising to me, but both are like, wow, like they both made it to the Oval Office. I know, so, very interesting. Yeah. And I think it was at different, different uh, periods in their life, but still to even have that on your resume is haunting. Because that, that is just another form of abuse against minors. Yeah, it's great. There's so much crazy footage out there. Mm -hmm. And that's just the stuff we know about. Yeah, exactly. I feel like we need to uh, do a podcast where we just surf the dark web. Do we? <laughs> for what? Just, just, <laughs> what are we just start for? gasping for. Well, because we're, we're talking about all these things that we're afraid of being out there. Yeah. And I feel like the dark web is almost like a flashlight to the underbelly of society. It's yeah. almost like a, a Letterkenny episode where they're just like, the dark web. And they're like, they like try so hard to even find it in the first place. It's just, <laughs> it's a whole, it's a whole spiel. Yeah, it's what really gets me is that I guess there's stuff on on the dark web for like hiring assassins and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Or like purchasing human body parts. And oh like, gosh, yeah. Because that's that's usually like the the, the massive knock with China is how they deal with like anything biomedically related. It's like very like ethically vacant. Like the the stuff they like, do, yeah, it's 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 shocking to us because we have uh Morality. <laughs> Unlike the Chinese government. <laughs> uh, oh, I, I mean, because they, they harvest organs, so... It, I don't really know anything about that. Oh, really? Yeah. It's kind of a, it's kind of a thing. Well, it's in the, right now, the population that they're going after... I'm going to have to make sure I say this extremely concisely, or else it's going to sound pretty bad. <laughs> it's, it's called the, the Uyghur people. Okay. And it's like U-H... Or U-I-H... G-H-U-R. Let's see if I can... It pops up. There we go. The the Uyghur Muslims. And so it's like a subsect of people in China that are like apparently being like persecuted upon like really Really? Heavily. I never even heard about... Heard about yeah, it. this is going on like right now. Dang. So they're like being put in like concentration camps. Um, really? What? Like work camps and like just being like worked to death. By, like, really? Yeah. And they take their organs when they die? And or they, what? For, for the healthy people... That is like something yeah. that is a possibility, yeah. And I don't, I don't want to say it like they're like harvesting every single organ that comes in, but yeah. like it, it, it's definitely more of like a, um, an abolishment of these people out of China because they don't uh, coalesce with the Chinese philosophy of life. Yeah. Because one, because they're Muslim, so it's a different type of religion, and then two, because they're a different subsect of like ethnicity too. Mm -hmm. So it's a double whammy for them. Um, and yeah, they just get kind of like, they just go missing and then, that's scary. And then the Chinese government will be like, Oh yeah. Like 
he's at our new like work facility and they like dress it up to be this whole thing to the family members but since that happens with so many of the community of they the Uyghur know. people then they just know that they got taken so it's it's almost similar it's more similar to like the gulags than it would be to like that's crazy the, the jewish concentration camps even mm-hmm. though they're both like very similar in like ethnic cleansing and yeah, it's, it's kind of a, a shaky, like, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe that happens in a de- more or less developed kind yeah. of country like China. In 2020, yeah. too. Yeah, absolutely. So crazy. But yeah, that's a population of 11 million, by the way. Wait, what? <laughs> the Uyghur people. There's 11 million of them in China. That's a ton, actually. That's a massive amount, yeah. yeah. And my, granted, China has a billion people, but still, like... Yeah. Just to kind of, like, wipe them or try to wipe them off this, like, completely is... Wow, they have a billion people. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah, they're the second country that has a billion people because India, India does, too. yeah. That's... Oh. I can't even imagine. So I lived in Seattle for three months. Mm-hmm. And the entire metro population of Seattle and surrounding areas, I think of, like, 40 miles, had the complete population of Idaho... And like half of Montana, so just oh, right. just within yeah. just because Idaho obviously is like a very oh dude you let one rip and then dipped <laughs> right. podcast uh, it was the dog oh, <laughs> yeah it was not me. they don't have to smell it dog farts are like almost extremely noticeable too it's pretty funny but yeah like Seattle metro population. I think it's good that we're having this in the computer room so I can actually look up my fucking numbers. Yeah, half the time I do these and it's just like, well, we're just speculating right now, so <laughs> I guess we'll leave it at that. Yeah, just in like this very small peninsula of what Seattle is, is like 800,000, but the surrounding area is 4 million. Dang. And that's just, yeah. it's bonkers, yeah, because... It's too dense for me. Oof. Yeah, and, and the fact is, is that they try to keep up with the numbers by doing all this construction and the construction makes it like more bottleneck than it would be um, without it because they reduce the number of roads that you can drive on. And then the roads that you do drive on have uh, tolls on them. Yeah. So every time you go across or back, it's like $7. And so there's a point in my life where I was going to work and paying uh, $6 just to go through this one gate and then like a 30, uh, 30 minute drive just to get to work. So yeah. it was like an hour commute plus $6. So I think it was, it was something crazy, like, um, like upwards of like a hundred dollars on gas, like every like week and a half or so. Dang. And then, I, and then I come back to Boise, right? And it's the dead of the winter and there's like two thirty a gallon. Yeah. I'm just good. like, oh, is this, yeah, it was down for a while. Two thirty. Yeah. 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 Were you the guy who told me? Someone I talked to recently was like, yeah, I had to go through, there's like one or two tolls, but then they took a wrong turn. Oh, God. And like the only way to get back to where was they to needed to go was to go through the yeah, toll again. I've had, the, I've had that, that. To me, yeah. <laughs> like, um, oh my gosh. Especially in an area of like Seattle where a lot of the places you go to um, involve bridges. Yeah. Like you can drive around on the island as much as you want, but if you miss the turn and then accidentally head onto an island... The only way back is the bridge again. Yeah. So it's just you pay the toll the second time. It's brutal. It is brutal. I've had that happen to me, I think, two times. And the second time was on purpose. Like... Because you forgot something or what? Because I forgot something at Brandon's house. Oh, Um, And so I had to, like, yeah, that was was such a sad day. Because it almost makes you more depressed when, like, you reach, like, these unexpected expenses. And it doesn't even mean, like, that the expense has to be so much money. Like, you can't handle it. It's just like, ah, oh, damn, like, that was supposed to be my lunch money. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And I'm just, like, spending it on a silly mistake. On nothing, or, basically. Yeah, on nothing, yeah. Just to remedy a mistake. And it's just like, oh, my God, I can't, I can't handle it. It's silly. Dang. Are you glad to be back? I wasn't at first because of how we went back. Yeah. Basically, what happened was uh, the grandparents... Or these elderly people that we were watching the home for. Um, one of them, like, Im- immediately got sick um, in their house in Arizona. And it ultimately turned out to be, like, uh, early detection of, like, cancer in his liver, I believe. Dang. So, thankfully, he, caught, he came back and got the treatment. Especially at his, like, advanced age. That could have been 
really bad. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but for us, it was just really tricky because we had been home for the ho- for the holidays, I think like a week. And we got this news, I think two days after Christmas. And we got back to this house on January 2nd and then had to be out of the house by January 3rd. Yikes. So we knew about it for like four or five days, but the ability to act and like do anything about it because we're obviously two states away. Like, what can you do? Like, you can't really pack your house if you're in Boise, no. <laughs> if your house is in Seattle. So just the, the hectic nature of it kind of left us like, wow, like we're never going back to Seattle yeah. kind of thing. And then obviously it's not even a slight to Seattle itself, but like. Um, more of like how you attribute like emotions and feelings towards places where like things happen to you. Yeah. Um, that's those two things are always connected. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So for the rest of my life, I'll just be like liver cancer and see. But no, like looking back on it, I got uh, enough experience um, in a big city to like feel comfortable almost anywhere. Um, and then it's especially cool that's because good. in, eight days I'll be going to Colombia, So I've I've never left the United States before. And you're going now? Well, no, I made this, I made this plan. Yeah. And thankfully there has been no travel ban uh, to South America yet. Yeah. But I know that the president or prime minister of Brazil has it. And like he met with Trump on Saturday. So, uh, if Trump starts showing, you're still going to go. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, I, I spent, I think it was like eight, $1,800 $1,800 on the flights. Oh, dang. Yeah. And they're so this, like... Is this vacation? Yeah. Yeah. Because nice. it's spring break. Nice. Um, and so, yeah, me and Rachel are going down to Columbia. And I think it's for like two weeks. Wow. And so I, I've been saving up money for this because of it. It's funny because out of all of the places in the world that we were going to travel before Columbia, it was Japan. And then we we're going to go from Japan to Thailand. Yeah. And now both places <laughs> are like afflicted with coronavirus. Seriously. Like they're almost like ground zero besides for... I think Wuhan, China, and, like, a few other places. And it's just like, okay, well... And then the Olympics are supposed to be in Tokyo this year, too. Yeah. And so now, like, the Olympics might get postponed, which, like, in the whole gravity of things, like, throws off, like, a ton of people's, like, career paths, trajectories, everything like that. Like, if you're going for, like, a gold medal, and, like, let's say you're 35 years old, well, like, that year really matters to you, yeah. And so... I obviously can't, like, put my spring break vacation up to somebody, like, potentially, like, fucking their career over. So, yeah. I try to, like, keep it in That's capacity. True. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm definitely going to Columbia. Unless there's a travel ban, in which case I will still try to go to Columbia. Well, there's... The crazy thing is I think plane tickets are way cheaper now. So, a lot of people who are, mm-hmm. like, young and healthy, I guess, or just stupid, let's say, yeah. <laughs> are like, they just yeah, want, they just we'll go, Yeah. We'll risk it. Bet. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I was actually talking to one of my uh, friends earlier about that. And he was like, well, think about it like this. If we really want to overthrow old people. Overthrow we, old people. Yeah, because, you know, like uh, it's so often talked about in America how like old people kind of dominate the votes because they're the one that show up. They're the people that show right. up in like party numbers. Yeah. Technically, like they're just like the highest percentage of people voting. Mm-hmm. Young people don't tend to vote in America. Blah, 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 blah. They're stoners, whatever. I don't know what the stereotype is, but yeah. they just don't vote for some fucking reason. And uh, so anyways... They're apathetic. Exactly. And so he's basically saying, like, well, what we can do is just travel the world, get coronavirus, and then just come back, back and, like, wow. visit, like, the nursing home. <laughs> wow. I was like, I was like, this is, like, borderline maniacal. <laughs> borderline? <laughs> yeah. Because, like, because the, the thought of going out to try it's to get insane. coronavirus itself is funny. Because yeah. they might just die before the time they even get back. They so could. I think it's Have more... young people died, though? Um, like... I, I believe it's under, like, the ages of, like, 14. Okay. Like, they're still so very, uh, young. Yeah. very young. Yeah. But, like, the people that we're thinking of, like, 18 to 35, no, I don't yeah. think so. Unless there's, like, some sort of, like, immunodeficiency or something wrong with their immune system at all, where they're more susceptible to that. But um, So, like, Rachel... Rachel would really, yeah, because she has lupus, which is basically an immune disorder. Not immune disorder, yeah. So her white blood cells are fucking up each other right now. So she she would be a susceptible population along with like grandparents, kids that I believe are in like early elementary school. (laughs) Thankfully, Colombia is one of the spots where it hasn't been present. So even though you're like 
getting on a plane and yeah. you're, you're not too spooked. I'm not. I uh, no, I'm not spooked at all because I'm gonna be fine. Um, oh, for her, yeah. For oh, spooked for her, yeah. I'm like at twenty percent right now for twenty percent spooked. <laughs> it, it could raise more, uh, just ba- based on like how the pandemics tend to rise. Yeah. So it's like zero to one hundred, just asininely quick. Yeah. Just, it makes no sense. I've seen different things. Like, the trend last week was like, oh, it's not a big deal until like, like September. You're right? fine. Yeah. And, no, well, no, and then now, I feel like this week, they're like. Oh, it's a huge deal. Social uh, disconnecting or whatever. Have you heard that? Yeah, phrase? social like, dissociation. Dissociation, and, yeah. Like distancing, stuff like that. It's like, what the heck? Like, mm-hmm. Well, because it started, like, it, it was re- originally, like, pretty quarantined in, like, three states in the United States. It was, like, the international airports in Seattle. Um, another reason why I'm thankful I left. Because, um, like, they shut down school in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they did the same, I believe, in, like, Los Angeles for a little bit. And then they did the same in like New York. So I think they're doing it. I think it's and now becoming and, more and more of a trend. And yeah, and now it's like well, and that was just like a week ago. Uh, okay, yeah. And then now it's like oh, it's every state except for three, and like Idaho Dang. is one of the three states where yeah, there's yet to be a confirmed coronavirus case. That's good. I'm just like oh damn. It's yeah. nice being in Idaho. I feel like nothing bad ever happens. Yeah, here. even now we're like it's like Wakanda for like the yeah. Midwest. It's like oh. it's like Wakanda for the Midwest. <laughs> Or the Northwest, I'm sorry, podcast. Yeah. I misgrouped Idaho. Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Pacific Northwest. PNW. Gotta hate that saying so much. Do you? Yeah. Hey. People turned it into like a lifestyle of like outdoorsiness. It's like, oh, I'm from the PNW, so I go they hiking. They kind of did, yeah. And I drink very special coffee. And I always like, carry my camel back with me. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> God, I get it. Like, <laughs> yeah. You're better than us. <laughs> I just I always I always think it's curious how people will tend to um, kind of equate their lifestyle to just being better than other people's, like and for whatever reasons like they hold themselves to a higher standard like good on them, but like I've noticed that with like three things in particular and it's always three things like people will tend to like force on you that they do, and it's like it's always like CrossFit veganism, <laughs> and like some extreme of like doing a sport. So it's like either like hmm. they do like Iron Man, they do like Ninja you get a lot of people trying to get you to do Iron Man. Well, no, people that will like just brag about it. Like, I oh, it. I like, yeah. oh yeah. So I just got done running this like fucking triathlon. Finish my uh, Scottish games. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I'm doing strongman. If you if you don't know, yeah. can you tell? Like, you're just like I have a friend dude. actually got into strongman recently. Yeah, yeah. And it's totally it's totally cool to do that, but it's just like it's socially exhausting to just hear it constantly and constantly. Yeah. Like, oh, we get it. I think, I do think that everybody in their own, I guess, city bubble has their own bias on the way of life. I mean, I think people in LA and New York. LA? Yeah, sort of look at a lot of other parts of the world as like being in the middle of nowhere and there's nothing to yeah, do. Yeah, what, what do you even do out there? I have, people, I have friends here who are, seen, are just bored to death out here apparently. And they just can't imagine, like, it kills them being here, which yeah. I just don't understand. Yeah, and I think it really comes down to people that, like, seek out other avenues for entertainment, mm-hmm. like, versus people that can entertain themselves, if that makes sense. Like, they either have hobbies that are, like, very, like, indulgent, for, like, no, a lack of a better word, like, or, like, they put so much time into it, like... I know that we used to play Smash a lot. Yeah. And so the only thing we you can need do is Smash any anywhere. City. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. Like, you can be in, like, the projects, not care. <laughs> we could play Smash. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Or you could be on, like, a 10-story, like, really nice apartment and just play Smash. So, that like, sounds dope, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and either, either location is fine. Obviously, one's more preferable to the other, but it stands to reason, that, like, we can do it anywhere. Yeah. And it's, like, the same thing with, like, artists that, like, have like portable studios or like just draw a lot and so like they just take what they want to do with them everywhere versus people that like oh well we have to go to broadway and we have to go see um or these very specific concert. things yeah and it has to be the biggest person or else it's not worth it yeah. like because i've noticed that like oh boise does tend to get like neglected as in terms of like the a-list actors yeah we're not the epicenter that, for entertainment yeah. Yeah, exactly it's and true so, and so people that like search that stuff out like, oh my god, I'm dying because I no longer have this yeah. this thing that I spent $200 on. So you really didn't mean anything pejorative when you were like, 
the ability to entertain yourselves. Mm, I don't know. I, 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 I don't. I, I don't mean it as. Do you like mean a, it's an advantage? A, a negative slight. I okay, think. Yeah. I think it's just more That's of a, an association to things that you get joy from. And so ultimately, yeah. so if you get joy from like high list concerts, good for you, dude. Like, there's nothing more than I would want for them to like get joy out of their lives, but. Yeah. Some people seem to have more simple answers to that question of That's being true. happy and being preoccupied. They like hiking and trail mix. Yeah. Apparently. And I think that's almost like a, a term now, like a trail mix lifestyle. Or a granola. A granola. granola. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. I don't quite get it, but uh, what are those? Like, yeah, it's like granola something. Granola lifestyle. I'm going to laugh if it like, takes me to like Nature Valley. <laughs> 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 How to be granola, my Odyssey. How to be oh yeah, of course it's Odyssey, oh, dude. God. Um, yeah, spending more time outside, uh, even if you're just hammocking, that's fine. Just make sure that you put it on Instagram. I love how hammocking is a verb. <laughs> hammocking, it's, it's not just laying down. Oh, yeah, and this is like what you were saying earlier. Carry okay? a refillable water bottle with you everywhere you go. Yeah, Invest I've, in I've been pro. doing that, dude. It, and being hydrated is fine. REI, yeah, yeah, that's why I do it. Go to REI. I want to yep. be pee and white. Be mysterious and then try organic on Whole Foods. So that seems to be like the whole... <laughs> be mysterious from the granola lifestyle. Granola people are deep people. I guess so. They get it, okay? We don't get it yet, but we will. Hopefully someday. We just we have stay to stay here long enough. If we adventure out into the woods and find a good batch of mushrooms, then we'll be granola people. That's true. Yeah. I am going to pass on that, though. Oh, yeah. That's... That's the Seth way of life, not ours. The Seth way. Yeah, I haven't talked to Seth in a while. I kind of, I kind of like to play crazy people in Smash. I found out that they like. Seth's fun to play against. Yeah, exactly. Basically, anybody that has like an eccentric way of viewing life tends to have a really cool play style in Smash. <laughs> I've noticed that. Like, and even with like top players, you can like take your pick of like. Yeah. Benga seems to be like this kind of like. Comes off as like kind of like a boorish, kind of drunk, kind of like, <laughs> what is this guy doing with his life? And then you find out he makes like close to like $500,000 a year. Does he make close to yeah, that's insane? Yeah, he makes a lot of money. And then you have people that like came from that tree of like S2J, Lucky, and they all have these like really advanced play styles that like kind of carries the same basic concepts of like Norwalk, of just like hyper aggressive, super stylish play. No. And then you like compare them to the Swedes and like the Germans, and you're just like, what's going? I know it's on? funny how it's so, it's so that way. Like, it's cultural. It is very yeah. cultural. I've noticed. And so like the the eccentric people, like going back to my main point, they kind of like buck that standard of like playing like the people that they play around. If that makes yeah. sense. Like they don't adapt things that like let's say you're a better chic player than me, right? And so logically, what I would do is incorporate the good elements that you have in your game style. And then incorporate it into mine. Yeah. But like an eccentric person would just be like, fuck this dude. He chain grabs. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, and then they'll create their whole new hyperactive yeah. type of punish game. Seth does not like chain grabbing. <laughs> oh, no. And that, that was almost one of the, the shirks why I went to Ultimate was because you, you can't, you, it's literally a built-in mechanic you where you can't re-grab more than once. Really? Yeah. Like oh, it man. literally, like you can try to do it, and it will just like block you from the grab, and like you can like just do it in training, and it, it it's it's fine because there's so many confirmed grab combos in that game that it's not like a hit, but they're just like I think Sakurai saw like a, a fox versus fox in FD or like some like gruesome matchup on Gandorf FD. Did That's yeah, some <laughs> no Gandorf chic. Yeah, yeah, that too. And yeah, you just saw somebody get chain grabbed from zero, and just like yeah, this isn't happening in my next game. Yeah, it's not. I don't think chain grabs are that exciting or cool, but yeah, you, know, you like do what you gotta do. Yeah. It's like the optimal play, and yeah. so like that. It seems to be the divide of philosophy, where it's like some people are like, "Oh, like fuck, dude, five up airs in a row are cool, but five chain grabs, like I would rather die." Yeah, and it's, it's like true. okay, well, they're you know, the, same the same repeat thing. of the move. Yeah, like the repetition it's is what perception. drives people off of you. I think it's more of the perception of escape that like really gets them, because. For True. people that aren't as experienced, they're like, oh, well, there's no way I can get out of this. Versus people that actually have, like, 
big brains and do the and smashed yeah do, the, do no <laughs> or they do the amb ambiguous di oh for, for, for the chain, chain grabs, grabs yeah because yeah. i've noticed that like throws off all of the top players too like even zane where like this guy's a punish machine and then he'll drop the chain grab for an ambiguous di or something like that it's like okay that was honestly one of the biggest things i realized when i first started going out of state is like oh people di differently mm -hmm. and all of my punish game just evaporates almost. well yeah I, my punish game habits were revealed as such it's like oh i'm just literally getting my down throw up air and i do that without thinking because everyone i play against di's that way mm -hmm. but if they di it in a different way even if it's like theoretically suboptimal i realize that like oh i don't have a flow chart for this exactly and so like all of a sudden my play is way worse mm -hmm. when i when I go play against other people. And yeah. And some people are players shocking. like that too, where they have the flow charts in their head where it's like, okay, I'm going to push you to the edge and then I'm going to like do this uh, rinse and repeat edge guard. Mm -hmm. And then eventually you will die. Versus some people are like, dude, I'm just spitballing here. I'm going to try a, like an edge cancel. <laughs> I'm going to like in neutral and just like, what the hell is this guy doing? Yeah. And then like eventually you like pull off something cool or they just play weird fucking characters like Pikachu. Shout out Stags. He's chill though. He can be, for sure. Well, I gotta go live that granola lifestyle right now. Are you, are you ready? Whole Foods. Are you ready for it? Yeah, I'm, go I'm going the, right I now. think the closest Whole Foods is where? Is it downtown Boise? I'm going to the one on front, yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, this has been a fun podcast. So far. Yeah. I'm glad we finally got it in. It's been like six months coming. Oh, it was only, it was only six months coming, right? Because I, I moved to Seattle. You moved, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> it's like, I, I've just been like susceptibly dodging Kevin's text for like <laughs> six months. Oh, yeah, yeah fuck it. Come over today, dude. Yeah. No, it's good, though. And then we're going to probably meet up soon for Eggman and Earl. Yeah. Because we're it. like the staple people that always show up, it seems like. It's like me, you, and Jared that seems to yeah. always show up when it's when it's there. I think me and you have been there actually every time. Every time, yeah. We're sure I keep that streak going then, yeah? Yeah, we'll have to schedule it. I don't think I have any open houses this weekend. Nice. So. Thanks for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, make sure you uh, let me know what you thought of the podcast. And um, I will see you in the next one.